Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Today, we're going to talk a little about spent where you should be spending your time when it comes to your personal finances. Um, and I was the reason I'm, I was thinking about this is my high school kids recently started the the sports process. So you have a lot of kids, you know, vying for positions on various teams, whether it be soccer, volleyball, football, uh, field hockey, what have you. And it's a challenging and stressful time. And everyone is kind of hoping to make the team or hoping to make the the, the highest team. You also see this when, you know, uh, club sports come along and, you know, kids are trying to make the the A team or the B team, um, you know, try to get, in, get into that highest level. Um, and then once you're on the team, you spend a lot of te- time thinking about, well, am I going to start? How much am I going to play? I, I really have to get in that game. And it got me thinking that when it comes to personal finance, much like high school sports, is a lot of people t- spend time focusing on less relevant details when it comes to the overall experience. So when you think about high school sports, and there used to be this uh, commercial for the NCAA, and it would you know have various athletes playing their sports, and you know it would finish with a tagline that you know there's over let's say three hundred thousand NCAA athletes, and uh, most of them are going to be professional in something else besides their sport. What um, really the message they're trying to get at is the sport is ne- not, isn't necessarily about getting to the next level or getting paid for the sport, but really the the life skills that you learn from playing a sport, the the discipline, the accountability, the teamwork, the connection, the camaraderie, the all the things that that are make playing a sport, you know, football or soccer, whatever it may be, all those skills can translate into into the classroom, into various clubs and organizations, and into future careers. So there's so much more to the experience than just the game. Um, but most people, when they think about their sport, uh, their primary focus is, can I make the team and can I get you know in that starting rotation? So I kind of broke it down uh, from a high school sports standpoint. So let's say the average high school sports season is 10 to 12 weeks long. And on average, that's about eight, let's say it's 80 days long. And you know you get a couple of days off each week or day or day and a half. So let's say out of the 80 days, you have 15 days off. And uh, which means you have, and most average high school sports, they seem to play about 20 games. So if you've got 65 days of actually playing in your season, of which 20 are games and the other 45 are practice. Um, and then if you break it down even further, you say, well, actually, you know, time played. Um, and let's use a soccer game. Average soccer game is 90 minutes long. So if you have 20 soccer games, 180 minutes, uh, you know, it's about 1,800 minutes of, of game time action. Um, and that doesn't count the ball, you know, uh, you know, rolling out of bounds because it's a continuous clock. So not everything is is, is nonstop action. Um, but if you compare that to practices, typically practices last about two hours long and they tend to be a little bit more, you know, constant go between drills, between scrimmages, there's less downtime in those. So that works out. If you were to have 55, I'm sorry, 45 practices averaging 120 minutes, that is about 5,400 minutes of practice time. So if you compare 5,400 minutes of practice time to uh, 1,800 minutes of game time, that's about 75% of the season is spent practicing, about 25% is in games. So when we talk about spending time on the things that are relevant, um, a lot of people, like I said, they're focused so much on trying to 
get in that starting rotation or make the team. But there's so much more to the sport and to the activity that really comes with, you know, being part of the team and enjoying the time at practice and improving on your skills and working on uh, developing both as a, as an athlete, as well as a person. And, you know, kind of, you know, trying to improve on the one, you know, on weaknesses, you know, you maximize your strength, but try to, you know, find one thing each day you can get a little better at, um, you know, if it's not soccer, maybe it's volleyball, you know, so let's say same, same example, you, you have 20 volleyball games, you know, there's sometimes they range between three to five sets, but let's say, an average set is the first one to 25 wins the set. So you have, you know, maybe it's 25-15, maybe it's 25-20, but let's say on average a game has about 160 points. Uh, so that's four sets averaging about 40 points per set. Um, you know, because like I said, you don't, the winner has to get to 25, but there's still other points played where uh, the losing team scores points in. So, um, and let's say the average, the point lasts 30 seconds. A lot of them take five seconds. Some of them take a little bit longer, but let's say it's about 30 seconds. So the average volleyball game has about 80 minutes of game time. You know, any other time would be spent in timeouts or, you know, changeovers, things like that. Um, so if you compare that to a practice, let's say the same idea, you have, uh, you know, two, two hour practices, um, the math works pretty similar. So about 75% or 80% of your time is spent in practice, 20% to 25% is, is spent in game times. So if you're out there and you're thinking about, oh, geez, I, I'm not in a starting rotation, or maybe I'm not playing at the, the highest level, I made JV or I made the lower club team, you want to make sure you're enjoying yourself because a lot of uh, the benefit of what you, the reason you play a sport is for that practice, is for that teamwork, is for improving your skills, not necessarily getting in the starting lineup or scoring the goal or, or making the winning hit. So now we transition this to financial planning. So how does this relate? Um, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to their personal finances, they focus on things that are less relevant to their overall success than the things that really drive their long-term financial well-being. So if you know, a lot of the times the first question I'll get when people hear that I'm a financial advisor or they're talking to anybody in the industry, they say, Oh, what should I be investing in? What stock should I own? You know, what should I be doing? Um, and that's usually the first place people go when they think about finances. They think about their goals, they think about the stock market. And you know, relatively, you know, uh, so a lot of the media attention is drawn towards investing. So you've got, you know, various uh high profile individuals on various networks screaming about various stock picks and what they're going to do and which way the market's going to go. And, you know, it's always about what direction the Dow went today or the S&P or NASDAQ or, you know, what's Apple doing. So a lot of the media attention, a lot of people's focus is drawn towards, um, you know, what should I be investing in? What stock? Um, but when you think about the, the things that make up, especially for newer investors, um, and you've heard me say this in past episodes, but you know, if you have $5,000 in your retirement account and that $5,000 doubles to $10,000 next year, um, that's a hundred percent rate of return. That's amazing. Um, but $10,000 doesn't really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of, a, of an overall financial plan and the ability to retire for 40 years or send your kids to college or buy a house. So, you know, when people talk about rate of return, they talk on investing, you know, they're talking about things that a lot more times than not are outside their control um, and ultimately are going to have an impact, but maybe not the most dramatic impact in their long-term financial success. So, and I'll give you an example. So beyond investing, a lot of the things we, we talk to clients about or we encourage people to be thinking about is, you know, cash flow, money in versus money out. You know, am I overspending in certain areas or am I underspending in certain areas, you know, and ability to understand your cash flow and where your dollars are going 
might empower you to make better decisions about um, uh, areas you might be able to cut down on expenses to put more money towards savings goals. Um, the other part, one part of cash flow, a lot of times is debt service, student loans, car loans, mortgages, uh, personal loans, credit cards, all these things that you owe people money. Um, and a lot of people don't like to talk about their debt. They don't like to think about it. They'll, they'll pay the bill. Sometimes they'll add a few extra dollars. A lot of times they'll hear say, oh, I'm, pay I'm paying $50 extra. And I say, well, why are you doing that? And say, ah, I just, it felt right. Or I had a few extra dollars. So, but debt management is one of those things where you're paying interest on a lot of those, on those debts. And some of them are uh, long-term low interest student loans at, you know, three, four, 5%. Others are high interest credit cards or maybe a, a second car loan that might have an 11, 12 to 15% interest rate. So debt management and understanding where your dollars are going, it, it can have just as big of an impact as whether or not your money grows at eight or nine or 10%. Uh, and then the last and probably one of the most powerful drivers is your savings rate. You know, how much am I putting away, especially earlier on in your savings life? So if you're saving $50, can you get that to 75? Can you get that to 100? If you're saving 5% of your salary, can you get that to 7 or 8%? Um, and just to give you a, a mathematical example, um, let's say you were saving $100 a month. And that $100 a month was outperforming the S&P 500's historical uh, benchmark. So you were averaging 10% annualized rate of returns. And you were able to keep that up consistently through discipline and research and investment strategies. And you outperform the market by 1% every single year for the next 30 years. Your $100 a month saved would grow to be about $226,000, which is an impressive amount of money um, for what seems like a little bit of savings. So if you're saving zero, maybe one thing you say is, well, I, I should try saving $100 a month. Um, but if you were saving $200 a month, obviously you're going to put more principal in. So over, over 30 years, instead of saving $36,000, which is $100 a month times 30 years, you're going to save $72,000 because you're doubling the amount of savings. But we're going to drop the rate of return. So that rate of return, we're going to drop down to 8.5%. So you're, you're investing more, but you're earning less. And 8.5% is a little bit below you know, the the historical average of the S&P 500, which is right around 9%. So 30 years, 8.5% return, $200 a month. Your, your nest egg at that point would be worth $330,000. So if you think about it, well, did I get 10%? No, I got 8.5%, which is still pretty good. Um, but I, what's really the driver is, is, did I save more money? And it doesn't always have to be a ton more money, but we're talking about the difference between $100 to $200, not $100 to $1,000. So when you think about you know, the, the things that drive your um, you know, economic engine, it's usually the things you probably spend the least amount thinking about. And just to kind of uh, pile on that numerical example, if you did $200 a month and you were exceeding the investment expectations and averaging 10% annualized rate of return, that interest would grow to about be about $450,000 instead of $330,000. So rate of return does matter. And obviously, the, uh, someone who has a higher rate of return over a longer period of time is going to have more money than somebody who has a lower rate of return. That's true. But the individual who saves $200 a month versus the person who saves $100 a month is going to have more money at the end of the day. So is it when you think about uh, where we spend our time, is it is it better to spend more time researching stocks and trying to talk to people about portfolio performance and trying to find that you know diamond in the rough to try to outperform performance, um, 
even though I'm not saving it a lot? Or is it better to look at, well, how can I manage my cash flow? How can I look at my debt service? How can I carve out a little bit more to increase my savings rate, maybe from 5% to 6% over the course of my life? Um, I would argue that the time best spent is on those other three areas. So looking at cash flow, looking at debt management, looking at your savings rate. There's probably a few other things that go into there. Um, and spend less time worrying or thinking about did I, you know, did I pick the right stock? Did I pick the right fund? You know, famous investors like Warren Buffett will tell you if you're younger investors, just using a broad-based uh, market approach will work over time. Because if we can get eight to ten percent annualized return um, and you have a consistent savings plan, you're going to probably be okay. Um, you know, if you got like, and this is obviously not not rocket science. If you somehow earn twelve percent a year, yes, you would have more money. But really, it depends. It's based on how much you're putting into the uh, the fire to, to you know to to make that 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 overall uh, heat get higher. So, what should you do from here? Um, and financial planning is not something you have to be thinking about all the time. Uh, for a lot of people, they think about it never. Um, and so, if we kind of break that down, that seventy five twenty five time spent activities. You know, if you were to spend one hour every 90 to 180 days looking at your investments, you know, you look at uh, you know your allocation in your 401k, if you have some stocks that you bought or you have a stock purchase plan, maybe every 90 to 180 days, you look and say, you know, hey, has my risk changed? Has my timeline changed? If not, that still looks good to me. I don't need to make any changes. Um, sometimes with a retirement plan, they may change providers or add new options. So pretty much every 180 days, you can kind of do an assessment of, you know, am I still in the right stuff? Um, on the flip side, if you were to spend one hour a month looking at your, so one hour a month, usually you kind of, you get your credit card bills, you pay your mortgage, you pay your student loans. So you get a lot of these bills monthly. So if once a month, you were just to take a look at all the things you just paid out and look at what came in for that month, you might spend a few minutes saying, oh, you know what? I just spent... $97 on coffee this month. If I can cut that back a little bit, maybe that's an extra $20 a month I can pay towards my target card that's earning nine, that I'm paying 19% interest on. Um, or I can uh, you know, put that money into my 401k or my Roth IRA where I'm going to get possibly some tax benefits as well as some long-term uh, systematic savings. Um, if you have a student loan that has a very low interest rate, or maybe a mortgage that you were lucky enough to get a few years ago at a very low interest rate, and you're paying above what they ask. So once again, let's say your mortgage is at three and a half percent, and the bank is asking you to pay them $1,800 a month. And you're like, ah, 2000 sounds better. I'll just round up, um, which is, which is fine. You're going to pay the debt off quicker, but you're only paying three and a half percent interest. So if you were to take that extra $200 and maybe use it to knock down a high interest credit card or uh, put it towards savings or add to your 401k where you're getting a, a tax benefit immediately, um, those are the things you want to be thinking about. So if you spend one hour a month thinking about it, you know, looking at what you have, you know, asking yourself, is that the right plan? Hey, I got a pay raise. I got a, a check from Nana for my birthday. What should I do with it? Um, that is going to have an exponentially greater return on your long-term financial success, your confidence in the decision-making and an understanding about where your money is and where it's going than worrying about, um, you know, 
what's happening at Robinhood or or which stock should I be trading uh, now that everyone's talking about. So um, when it comes to activities in life, whether it be high school sports or finances or family relationships, whatever it may be, um, think about where you spend the majority of your time focused and is it the most relevant to your success or is it something that you can control versus something that's just happening? Um, and I think all too often as a society, we spend a lot of time focusing on the things that we have absolutely no inf influence or control over, which adds to anxiety and stress and uh, a lot of other factors. If we could just carve off more time to focus on the things that we can control, our actions, our behaviors, uh, you know, the things that we're working on, um, it's going to lead to... I, I believe it leads to lower stress, a lot more confidence in your decision-making, and ultimately a, a happier long-term future. Um, hope you got a few action items out of today. And uh, once again, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.